0: A lot of suffering arises when you narrow your awareness and get lost in the painful stories in your mind. You can't choose what shows up in your mind, but you can choose how you respond to those thoughts. Hi, welcome to Your Great Journey. Each week we offer you brief tips, techniques, and insights to help you move in positive directions and master big change. For more information, please visit yourgreatjourney.com. Your Great Journey is brought to you by audiobook publisher Wetware Media. Wetware Media publishes a wide variety of personal transformation audiobooks, available from any major online audiobook retailer. For more information, please visit wetwaremedia.com. That's W-E-T-W-A-R-E-M-E-D-I-A dot com. In today's episode, we're sharing an excerpt from clinical psychologist Dr. Jennifer Tates' audiobook, End Emotional Eating Using Dialectical Behavior Therapy Skills to Cope with Difficult Emotions and Develop a Healthy Relationship to Food. Dr. Tates knows that eating can all too easily become a strategy for coping with depression, anxiety, boredom, stress, and anger, as well as a reliable reward for when it's time to celebrate. If you're ready to experience emotions without consuming them or being consumed by them, end emotional eating can help. You'll learn how to manage your emotions and urges gracefully, live in the present moment, learn from your feelings, and cope with distress skillfully. In this excerpt, Dr. Tates talks about the pitfalls of rumination, which can exacerbate small disappointments and struggles until they feel inescapable. She discusses the link between overthinking and suppression, avoidance, and distress. You'll also be soothed and centered by a guided meditation designed to bring you out of your thoughts and into the present moment.
1: Rumination Rumination describes a way people try to cope with distress and entails repeatedly thinking over a negative thought or memory. Rumination stems from the Latin ruminari, meaning to chew over like a cow on its cud. Both feelings and thoughts typically arise, peak, and fade unless you cling to them or ruminate on them. Rumination is a recipe for depression and disordered eating. The mental act of chewing over results in the physical act of chewing. Rumination is actually a form of avoidance. When you ruminate, you are less focused on directly experiencing and expressing the current emotion and are more caught up in an abstract story. You can think of rumination as a way to try to analyze and control thinking. Does it help? It may often be as pointless as worry, to which it is similar. Worry anticipates problems in the future, whereas the content of rumination is in the past. For example... Rather than attending to how you feel in this moment about an argument with your partner, when ruminating, you are instead overcome with such thoughts as, no one treats me well. Since we've been together, I've never been a priority. This reminds me of how I felt as a child. Rumination builds a mountain of evidence for hopelessness. Consider it the opposite of active problem-solving. What if, after an argument with your partner, you walk the dog? bringing your full attention to sensations in your body and observing details outside yourself on your walk. And when your emotions came down, you considered practical ways to problem-solve with your partner. Or you may recognize in the aftermath of an argument that emotions are colored by conflict and bring that awareness into the present. Susan nolan Hoxima, a psychologist at Yale University, has pioneered research on rumination and discovered that it impairs problem-solving, predicts depression, and erodes social support. Who wants to hear the same story over and over? Even you yourself should not be subjected to that. Layla's Story Layla is an actress who struggles with feeling depressed. She thinks a lot about how she has failed to meet her aspirations and accumulate accolades. At one time, Layla enjoyed watching TV to relax and as a means of generating ideas to write and produce. Eventually, however, seeing other actors on TV accentuated Layla's pain over not working herself. At a certain point, Layla found watching sitcoms painful and avoided TV. This ultimately led her to spending more and more time trying to figure out why she was depressed and this led to Layla's seeking the instant gratification of unhealthy foods. But the foods did not stop her endless thoughts. Layla continued to ruminate on disappointments and pains, starting from childhood and ending in this moment. Her weight gain offered another source of pain. She also figured that it would be worthwhile to share her pain, so she would repeatedly tell her husband Ben how unsuccessful and unworthy she felt. He tried as best he could to be patient and helpful, but Layla's reassurance-seeking exhausted him. "'How can you love me, given no one wants to work with me?' she'd ask. "'Well, you're a great partner and a fantastic person. Maybe you just don't know me that well,' she'd retort. Ben, understandably, grew frustrated with her persistent negativity. Then Layla began worrying about Ben's being annoyed with her. Now she was failing at work, at eating sensibly, and at love itself. This sort of thinking became the mental equivalent of riding the teacups at an amusement park, a fast, nauseating ride going nowhere. Do you ruminate? Do you ruminate on food and your shape? You may start by ruminating on feelings, then eat in response to your own ruminations, and then ruminate about eating. Rumination is an activity that easily finds a topic. I can't find a job. It's not fair that I have a slow metabolism and can't eat enough to fill me up. I'm hungry, but yesterday I ate a bit too much. I wonder if I should skip a meal or if that will slow my metabolism. Things usually don't work out when I try. Why should I bother? Notice how circular thinking is unclear? To be frank, rumination is ruination. It is no coincidence that rumination is strongly related to suppression, avoidance, distress, and binge eating. Studies have found rumination to predict bulimic behaviors and binge eating in adolescent girls. Eating disorders are characterized by rumination, the belief that rumination is helpful and avoidance of experiences. Ruminating on shape, weight, or food can serve to distract you or help you avoid difficult emotions or relationships. It may be easier to think a lot about food instead of a painful past. The problem is that you then experience pain around food. Lucy tried to explain a recent episode of emotional eating. A few days ago, I ordered a burrito and there was a minimum delivery order of two. I thought it was stupid to order two since I'm trying to count calories and it seems like a lot, and I don't love them. Then I was bored and had the second burrito I meant to have tomorrow, though I wasn't hungry. I can't stop eating when I'm bored if food is around. My mom was like that, too. I figured it makes no sense to keep track of food since it's usually like this. I have no control and have too much weight to lose, and I'm not willing to wait. Why bother? Notice how thinking and analyzing entrap her? Problem-solving or fully contacting the present moment, rather than getting stuck in stories, is often more helpful. As Voltaire said, Let us work without theorizing. Tis the only way to make life endurable. Do you notice when you are ruminating? Often when you find yourself in a place where emotions govern thinking, you may find yourself ruminating. Noticing and labeling emotion-mind or ruminating may be helpful in bringing you back to this moment. One way to let go of rumination is to look at thoughts, rather than from thoughts. Practice this with the following mindfulness exercise. Please note, this is a meditative exercise. Please listen only when you are able to sit with your eyes closed for several minutes. Exercise Mindfulness Practice Leaves on a stream. 1. Assume a mindful seat in a chair with your spine upright and your feet either flat on the ground if you are sitting in a chair or folded comfortably if you are sitting on the floor or a cushion. 2. Close your eyes and bring your full attention to your breathing. Just attending to one inhale and exhale. At a time. 3. Next, bring your attention to where your body touches your seat. 4. Notice that there is no effort required in practicing being where you are. 5. Now, bring to mind a beautiful park. 6. In this mental image, notice a tree in the distance. 7. Imagine walking toward the tree, becoming more present in the moment with each step. 8. Imagine that there is a river beside the tree. 9. Can you picture yourself sitting beside the river on a warm autumn day watching leaves float downstream? 10. Now bring your awareness to your thoughts. 11. Each time a thought or an image arrives in your mind, gently place the thought or image on a leaf. 12. Try to sit and be with the tree, and when a thought arrives that takes you away from being fully present, am I doing this right? Place that thought on a leaf. 13. If thoughts aren't arriving, notice that thought, I'm not having thoughts, and place it on a leaf. Fourteen. Without any struggle, thoughts arrive and depart. Fifteen. Notice what it's like to watch thoughts from this more detached place, where you look at thoughts rather than from thoughts. Sixteen. And now bring your awareness back to your breath. Breathe deeply. Seventeen. Begin to let go of this image, bringing your awareness back to your sensations and surroundings in the present moment as you open your eyes. Eighteen. Can you carry this sense of awareness of thoughts as you move through your day? Summary Marcus Aurelius said, The soul becomes dyed with the color of its thoughts. The main problem with thinking is when we fail to see the process of thinking as just that, thinking. Similarly, it's helpful to also notice that feelings are feelings and that remembering is just remembering. This is the benefit in practicing mindfulness. You can remember that thoughts are thoughts, not actions or facts. A lot of suffering arises when you narrow your awareness and get lost in the painful stories in your mind. Watch the children play in your mind's playground with kindness and perspective. You can't choose what arrives in your mind though you can choose how you pay attention to internal events and also how you respond. If you host a party and some unwanted guests arrive, would you rather spend the night consumed with the anger about the party crashers, watching them roam from room to room, or enjoying the rest of the party and conversing with people you care about? You can better enjoy life's party when you're not weighed down trying to control unwanted visitors who may actually leave if you neither taunt them nor seat them after a few minutes?
0: Thanks for listening to this excerpt from the audiobook End Emotional Eating Using Dialectical Behavior Therapy Skills to Cope with Difficult Emotions and Develop a Healthy Relationship to Food. You can purchase the complete audiobook from any major online audiobook retailer. If you'd like more information, please visit yourgreatjourney.com. Please be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. And if you like the show, please rate it and review it. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Your Great Journey is brought to you by audiobook publisher, Wetware Media. Wetware Media publishes a wide variety of personal transformation audiobooks, available from any major online audiobook retailer. For more information, please visit wetwaremedia.com. That's W-E-T-W-A-R-E-M-E-D-I-A dot
1: com.